Father God, how we thank you. How we give you praise. How we give you glory. In Jesus' name. Bless your word as it goes forth today. And everyone said, Amen. You may be seated. Amen. All right. Doors, come to the piano just for a minute. Just for a minute. I'm glad we're never on a time schedule here. If you're on a time schedule, you're in the wrong church. Charles, if you're on a, a, a schedule, you just made the wrong church, buddy. And Dick's been here before, so he, he already knows. Which, which key do you like? You like D? I knew you didn't. That's why I said that. All right. Where's my... All right, we'll do a G. Oh, that's way too loud. Huh? A G. Mark for you. The joy I can't explain fills my soul since the day I made Jesus my King. And all that it took was a childlike faith and a heart that is learning to lead. Learning to lead. Learning to lead. I'm learning to lean on Jesus, finding more power than I'd ever dreamed. I'm learning to lean on Jesus. And the old rugged cross, it made the difference in a life bound for heartache and defeat. I will praise Him forever and ever. For the cross made the difference for me. Would you stand before I preach? And the old rugged cross, it made the difference. Could you raise your hands to him? In a life bound for heartache and defeat. Oh, I will praise Him 
forever and ever for the cross made the difference for me yes i will praise him forever and ever for the cross made the difference for me I just feel led to sing just one chorus and then we'll go into the word it is no secret what my God can do what he's done for others he will do for you with arms wide open he'll pardon you it's called the anointing my friend it is no secret what God can do. Sue, it's no secret what God can do. It is no secret what God can do. What He's done for others. With arms wide open, He'll pardon you. That's what it's all about. It is no secret what God can do. Karen, would you take us to the Lord in prayer? seated if you want to go to a scripture verse I want you to go to Matthew chapter 11 and verse 12 I have you might say been under the weather this week my wife also her worse than me even but through it God has really spoken to me. So I don't think the sickness is all that bad myself because of what God did through me. <laughs> so if I'm going to be sick, you might as well use it for my advantage. Amen. So that's what that was all about. Just speaking to me. Let me 
know that He's there, and He's always going to be there. But then allowing me to see some things, and how many of you see our new banner for this year? The year God will speak and we will know His voice. Listen, it's important that we know the voice of the Lord. It's very important to understand that God wants us to be missionaries right here. And so I'm going to read a scripture verse to you, and then I'm going to speak on a few things. I am not going to go through this whole message and you all say, Amen. Because I know we're not in Africa. If we was in Africa, they would say, Pastor, preach for another three hours. But we're not in Africa. If I was in Central America, they would say, Pastor, you got all day. But we're in the United States of America. And KFC calls out now because we don't have a Galvin's no more. Okay. All right. Listen, listen. You, you want to pray for... You want to pray for Pastor Bill because I'm going to give you a prophetic word that I feel that God gave me to give him. So I'm going to give it to you in front of this congregation. And if this doesn't happen, then it was my flesh. But if it does happen, remember that it was God. He said he'll raise it up again. That's what he said. This is what he told me. That he'll raise Galvin's up again. How he's going to do it, I don't know. But he said he would. So just be ready. Amen. He's already told you that. Amen. All right. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 12. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. And violent men take it by force. Now, in... Run over to 2 Corinthians with me. And we're going to look at another scripture verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Starting at about verse 3. And I'm not going to read all of them to you. I thought that wasn't reading right because I had 1 Corinthians. In, in verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And we are ready to punish all disobedience whenever your obedience is complete. Now this, this is some good scripture here. And I'm thinking about the church as a whole in the United States of America. We're not awake. We have dull hearing. And we're not seeing the big picture. The church in the United States of America has taught us the prosperity claim. Now listen to me, there's nothing wrong with prosperity. 
And I believe that God wants us to be prosperous because I want to be a prosperous man. I want to be a prosperous man in all facets of my life, everything. But I want to be a prosperous man for the kingdom of heaven so that I can be a blessing in the natural and in the spiritual. See, I love giving Gideon Bibles. I love the Gideons. I didn't wrap this message around the Gideons, but I love the Gideons because of what they do and how many people they've helped. That's the first time I ever heard the Bible being a missionary. How many of you like that? I don't know if he coined that or not, but if, it, if he didn't coin it, I'm going to coin it. But that's, that's an amazing thing, how many missionaries that we've sent out. But listen to me, if you think that this world is changing for the good, you're wrong. Jesus says something, and listen to what Jesus says. When they was talking to him about the end times, when will the end come? He said, the world will wax worse and worse. And he said, the love of many will grow cold. Listen, he didn't say the church would wax worse and worse. He said the world would wax worse and worse. And the world is waxing worse and worse and worse. And we live in a total state of anarchy. Listen to me. If you watch the news, you're never going to love your black brother. Period. You're just not going to. They're not going to let you. And, if the, and, 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 and a black man's never going to love a white man if, if you watch the news. Listen to me. This racial, this racial tension that we have, it, it's coming from the news media. It's coming from different people. That's what it's coming from. But where God is, there is love. Somebody say amen to that. Now, I want to I, I make a point here. I want you to check your own heart to see if you love the brethren. If you do. Because listen, we know, John tells us in 1 John, he says, we know we pass from death unto eternal life because we love the brethren. You want a barometer to know how much God is inside of you? How much do you love people? You know, you know listen to me, the sinner is blessed, he just doesn't know it. God would kill him in a heartbeat. I mean, I mean, the devil would kill the sinner in a heartbeat. He's blessed because of Christ. Understand this. So what happens to the church? We have forgotten how to be violent. Listen to me. Pe people, pay attention to me. The Muslim is not your enemy. Islam is not of God, but it's not your enemy. How many of you understand that? The Russian people are, are not your enemy. But communism is an enemy. Socialism is an enemy. But your brother is not your enemy. You do not wrestle against flesh and blood. How many of you understand that? And I'm not advocating Islam. And I'm not advocating Buddhism. I'm not advocating any of those things. But what I'm telling you is this is that if we want to see the world change for the Lord Jesus Christ, then we need to get violent. And we need to get violent against the enemy and everything that he does. Somebody say amen to that. 
And listen, we need to go to war. And we don't need to go to war against that man because he's black or Peter because he's black. He doesn't need to come to go to war because I'm white. We need to go to war against the devil. Somebody say amen to that because listen, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But we wrestle against the supernatural. The kingdom of heaven is under attack, people. How many of you understand the kingdom of heaven is under attack? It is. And it's been under attack for a long, long time. And it's going to stay under attack. In Psalms 1834, write write it down. He trains my hands for battle so that my arms can bend a bronze bow. I'll look that up. I thought that's pretty interesting. A bronze bow. You know how hard it is to shoot a bronze bow? You can't hardly bend that thing. But the psalmist is saying, get me strong in battle that when I pull that that string back on that bow, that I bend that bronze bow because understand something, when that arrow goes forth, it's going to go forth with tonnage like you've never seen before. And he said, I want to, in this war, I want the bronze bow in my hand that when I come against the adversary, the devil, that I destroy him. I want the greatest uh, uh, military weapon that I can get against him. Let me tell you, the greatest military weapon that you have against the devil is right here written in this Bible from Genesis to Revelation. This is your bronze bow. How many of you understand that? You want to come under, a, you are under attack already. But listen to me, you don't want to be on the defense. You want to be on the offense. How many of you know you want to go towards him? Don't run from your battle. Run to your battle. Somebody say amen to that. Praise the name of the Lord. I want to hear the voice of the Lord. I want to hear the voice of the Lord. I want him to speak to me. I am in a spiritual warfare. Listen, and I, and I was studying Joshua, and I'm looking at Jericho, and I'm looking at Gideon, and I'm seeing something here. Here's something that they all have in common. Listen to what happened. They marched in quietness, and they listened to the small, the sound of God's voice because they wanted to hear him. Listen, God speaks in a voice. That is a still, small voice. Elijah's outside, he's inside of the cave and he's running from Jezebel and he's scared half to death because that woman is out to kill him. He's already had a major victory at Mount Carmel and there he has destroyed the prophets of Baal and God has come down and consumed the altar but Jezebel didn't care. She said, I'm going to have his head on a platter in 24 hours and she scared that man about half to death, and he run and he hid in a cave. And you know what? He did not hear God in the earthquake. He did not hear God in the fire, in the thunderstorm. He never heard God. Listen to any of those great things that we see. He heard God in a still, small voice. 
when those men and those women walked around Jericho, the Lord gave them instructions, said, don't say one single word to each other. You walk in quietness because I'm speaking and all of heaven knows that there's something about to take place. I want you to hear what happens though, but when God brought the victory that God brought, he said, when I bring the victory, he said, you shout. And he said, I'm going to tell you when to shout. I'm going to give you the cue when to shout. He said, I'll bring the victory, but when you shout, it's going to bring the walls down. And I want you to understand, when the walls came down, the Bible says they came down flat. What happened was the earth opened up, they came down flat, and they walked right into the fortified city. Listen, violent men take this by force. Violent men shout the shout of the Lord. Somebody say amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Things need to change at Hosanna, and things are changing at Hosanna. In, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3 through 5, the Word of God and by His Spirit says this. In, in James 4, 7, He said, If you'll resist the devil, submit yourself to God. He said that, that, that the devil will flee from you. Uh, this word resist means resistance. It means battle. It don't mean to back up and just, it means battle, resistance. Go right into battle. Said if you go into, James 4, 7, if you go into battle against the devil and submit yourself therefore unto the Lord, listen, the devil's going to run. Why is he going to run? Because you have dedicated yourself for battle. Is your family worth fighting for? Your little bean patch, is it worth fighting for? Your family, is this church worth fighting for? Is this country worth fighting for? I'm going to tell you, amen, it's all worth fighting for. Listen, it's your bean patch. When Eliezer has that bean patch and the Philistines say they want that, I mean, Shama. And when, when uh, uh, the Philistines came in and they said, we want this bean patch, Shama said, no, you're not going to get it. It's mine. You know what? It's not yours. It's mine. You can't have it. And there are 850 Philistines, and they say, but we want your bean patch. And he says, no, you're not going to get my bean patch. And he took a sword, and he went to fight, and he killed 850 Philistines. You know why? Because it was his bean patch. And it was his bean patch, and he said, devil, you don't get my bean patch. I want you to understand something. It's my family. It's my church. It's my country. Listen to me. I am a man of violence according to the word of God. And so I am going to go to war against the adversary. I'm not going to go to war against flesh and blood. I'm going to go to war against the spiritual darkness that has tried to take this place over. Somebody say amen. How do I go to war? One thing, buying Bibles. That's how I go to war setting missionaries out how do i go to war let me tell you the best thing you got is on your knees praying how many of you understand you want to go to war go to god he is the commander-in-chief he is the one speak to the commander-in-chief and he'll always lead you into battle he'll lead you into the right source in first peter chapter 5 and verse 8 he says, the devil is as of a roaring lion. Well, I like one of David's mighty men. 
who took the spear and he saw the lion. And guess what he did? He, chased, he, he, he saw the paw print of the lion in the snow. So he takes the spear and he here's what he does. He tar, starts to track that old lion. And when he finds that old lion, the lion's in his den. That was the lion's den. He had a right to be in there. It was his den. But you know what that old boy did? He walked right into that lion's den, and he killed that lion. Do you know why he killed that lion? Because it was his family. The lion wanted. It was his people the lion wanted. And he wasn't going to allow that lion, as long as he was alive, to take his family, to take his church, to take his country. He wasn't going to do that. How many of you understand what I'm saying? I'm saying people were at war. We're, we're at a war and we need to become violent because here's, here's a message. Jesus Christ is coming. We don't preach that no more. We're afraid to preach that. Even we Pentecostal preachers are afraid to preach it anymore. And so, you know what, we've come up with different theologies. But let me tell you what the book of Thessalonians and the book of, uh, of, of Corinthians teaches us. Listen to what it teaches us. It says he's coming in a moment. He's coming in a twinkling of an eye. He's coming. He's coming. We get into all kinds of different theologies and different things, but Jesus Christ is coming, and is the church alert, is the church ready, and is the church violent and in war? Come on. Where are you at? Where am I at right now? There's something that's taking place in this church that's shifting. Are we at Jericho? I don't know. Are we where Gideon was? I don't know. I don't know. Where are we at? Here's one thing I know. I know that there's a call of God. And I know He's called us. Here's something that I know. I know that I don't have to tolerate flu in this church. I know that. Because the Lord has given me power, of thor- uh, power and authority over the flu. So I take it right now in the name of Jesus. How many of you understand that? I know that Sue back there is going through a time. I know that, that Deanna is going through a time. And, and you say, Pastor, why do you preach those things? Because God is still God. And that doesn't change. And as God deals with us, we see the, th- the reasons why things happen the way that they happen. But when God's in the middle of this, it's right. Somebody say amen. We have power and we have authority like we've never had before. And where do we get the power and the authority? I'm going to show you where we got the power and the authority. We got it right here at the cross. Right here at the cross. At the cross. And you know what men need to do? Men need to come humbly and bow before the cross. Before the cross. Men need to come and bow before the cross. We need to bow before the cross. That guy that's unlovable, is he worth fighting for? You say, yeah, and I appreciate that. But we have to ask ourselves the question, are we willing to, uh, to, to fight for the guy that's unlovable? Listen to what the Word says. The Word says, the destruction of strongholds. How many strongholds in your life? Hey, listen to me. Man, do not get angry with me. You got strongholds, you might not be in this war. 
How many of you understand that you got strongholds? Give them to Jesus. You got addictions in your life? Give them to Jesus. He can overcome those things. You got sins that you just can't get away from? Kneel at that cross and give them to Jesus. And when I say kneel at the cross, I'm not talking about that. Find the cross and kneel at it. Start speaking into your life the things that you want from God in your life. Your hair might be turning gray, but you're not done. How many of you understand that? Well, you color yours. You looked at him. That's wrong. That is. There you go. All right. There we go. You should sing that. You know, pastors, we get it all. But the color of your hair doesn't have a thing to do with where you're at with Jesus. Your age doesn't have any de- anything to do with where you're at with Jesus. The only good thing about age, let me tell you the good thing about age. This is a good thing. And some of you might not see this as a good thing, but this is a good thing. It just tells me I'm closer to him right now than I was yesterday. How many of you know that? Seriously. Every day that I live, I'm just closer to him than I was the day before. And I'm going to tell you something. Someday he's going to open up heaven and I'm going. That's where that's at. He's going to open up heaven. And you know what? When he, go, when he opens up heaven, I'm going shouting. I'm going to tell you right now. That's what we need to do. Listen to me. We're in a war. It doesn't have anything to do with our hair. It doesn't have anything to do with how big or how small we are. It has to do everything to do with are we in a war with the enemy and your enemy is not your brother. Can you tear down the strongholds that are in your life? They are fortresses that are stopping you from being what God wants you to be. Man, I, I love the children of Israel. That fortress of Jericho stood in their way. And as soon as God spoke, Jericho died. Jericho didn't die when they, cl- when, 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 when they started marching. I mean, when, when the walls fell. They didn't, Jer- Jericho didn't die then. Jericho died when they seen those Israelites coming. When Jericho looked off and they saw that army of God coming towards them, Jericho right there died. They shut the gate of that fortified city and they died from within because God was on the outside and they couldn't get out of there. You know they eat their children? You, you, you study about everything that went on in Jericho. It's a horrible, nasty thing what happened in Jericho. They couldn't take their waste out of the city. It became one of the most unsanitary things in the whole world, Jericho did. As soon as they shut that gate, they died. Let me tell you something. Tearing down those strongholds, those fortified cities. Because let me tell you something. You got strongholds, you might be dying right now. Can you hear the voice of God? Can you shout the shout of victory? 
He says this, he says, casting down imaginations. That's arguments. Do you argue? Do you have problems with other people? Let me tell you something. There's a God who's ready to rescue you. There's a God, His name is Jesus, who is ready to rescue you and He'll take you out of that old uh, miry pit and He'll set you on a solid rock. There is God who is ready right now to rescue you. There is God who is always ready to rescue me. I get myself into some things. Am I the only one that gets theirself into some things? Well, I know Mark Kennan does. He's my golf buddy. He gets himself into some things. I get myself into some things, don't you? And don't you get tired of that? Is this on Facebook? Hello, everybody. You know you do, too. We get ourselves in some things. How many times has God delivered me from things I've gotten myself into? How many times? And he'll still do it, and he'll still do it again. Hopefully, every time he gets me out of something, I've learned something, and I've learned how to be a better soldier. Somebody say amen. Can I hear the voice of the Lord? Can I shout the shout of victory, or am I arguing all the time? Can I cast down vain imaginations and destroy speculations? Do I want to cast down everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of the Lord? Somebody say amen to that. Do I bring, bring into captivity these thoughts that run through my brain? And do I bring them to the obedience of Christ? Am I ready to, to punish the disobedience which is inside of me? Or bring that disobedience to you right now and say, Listen, where are you at in Jesus? There's something that happened in this church a couple weeks ago. I felt it happen. I mean, I felt the shift. I don't know whether you did or not, but I mean, it was just, whew, I just felt a shift. And I said, whoa, something's happened in this church, and we're not going back. It was a shift, and I felt it in my physical body. And I, and I told Mark Linder, I said, you know what? You was the right person to be here at that, at that time. You see, here's, here's the thing. The devil doesn't under, underestimate your power. You do. He doesn't underestimate your authority. You do. You see, the devil doesn't un underestimate my power. I do. See, the devil doesn't underestimate my authority in Jesus, but I do. What happens when I put on that whole armor of God? What happens when I say, okay, God, I'm ready? What happens when I say every thought I'm going to take into captivity and I'm going to cast it down? Every single thought that's not of God. And you say, well, you know what? Nothing, nothing exalts itself against God. In my mind, it does if it precedes God and if it takes first place. If it takes first place. I remember when Nancy and I moved to Topeka, Kansas back in 1970. 70, 1970. And, and the, the very first week was there, we was there, a man goes into the shopping mall and, and sh shot his wife. Killed her dead right there. And they said, why did you shoot her? He said, I loved her so much she was going to divorce me. I couldn't live without her. What kind of love is that? I'll never forget that. 
every thought, because these thoughts control us, and they take a hold of us, and when they do, we don't fight this warfare that we need to fight. Understand something. He says this. He says, we're not flesh or we're not carnal. He says, listen to what he says. For though we walk, daily walk, in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. My war is not according to how the flesh man does, but, but because I'm not flesh or I'm not carnal. Then let me give you these three things of what carnality is. Number one, the lust of the eye. Number two, the lust of the flesh. And number three, the pride of life. They're the devil's strongholds. And they've lulled the church to sleep. We think because we get a lot of money in the churches, man, we've got somewhere. We think because we have hundreds or thousands of people, man, we've got somewhere. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. We've only got somewhere if we got a lot of money if we're putting it right back out there. That's the only thing that money's good for, is to take money and put it right back out there into the kingdom. You better give me an amen on that. Because let me tell you something, I don't care a whole lot about churches that have a whole lot of money in their deposits, amen, and it's just sitting there with interest. There's something wrong with that picture. How many of you understand that? There's something wrong with that picture. I don't care for any church that would let a hundred, a million dollars lay in their treasury and it's not working for the kingdom of God. Let me tell you what money does. Money is not a bad thing as long as it's being worked and used for the kingdom of God. We say a church is successful because they got a lot of people. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of small churches that are more powerful than large churches. It really doesn't make any difference how big or how small your church is. Let me ask you this. When you're sick, can you get prayed for? When you, when you bring somebody to church and they're not saved, can they get saved? Somebody give me an amen on that. How about the baptism of the Holy Spirit? God still fills us up with this Holy Spirit. How about that? Listen, it doesn't make any difference the number of people. We might have uh, 10,000 people, but what good is it if we went to sleep? What good is it if we went to sleep? Great thing if we got people who are in the war who are, are ready to be violent and go against the devil's dominion. That would be a great thing to have Marines in, in, in church right here that says, you know what, we're violent men and we're going to take this thing by forth and force and we're going to storm the gates of hell. We're going to kick them asunder and we're going to release people right now from hell. And you say, you don't have that ability. You have that ability to become a soldier for the Lord Jesus Christ. You have the ability to kick asunder the gates of hell and release the captive that are held behind those gates. You and I have the ability through Christ to release men out of hell. Somebody say amen to that. I'm not talking about men who have already died. I'm talking about men who are in hell right now and they're very much alive ready to punish all disobedience. The devil underest the devil don't underestimate you, you underestimate yourself. The devil doesn't underestimate me. He knows what I'm capable of. I don't know. How many of you got a hold of that? What happens when this little group right here gets a hold of that? What happens when we realize something that's going to be down on our knees touching heaven? that's going to come against the devil himself. Woo, what happens when we find ourselves 
on our face towards him, crying out for revival that men might be saved and set free. What happens? What happens? I'm going to tell you something. The devil will run because here's what he says. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee. That's talking about a resistance. That's talking about an army that's ready to go to war. I never understood war movies. I don't like to watch a lot of war movies because what happens when I start to watch a war movie, I just get in it. I, you do too? I do. I just it, That's saving Private Ryan. James Dobson said every American needs to watch that movie. And that first half hour, my heart's going boom, 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 boom. It's just like I was right there. You know that? And here's one thing I can't understand about soldiers. You might because you're a soldier. They want to go to war. They're geared for war. And they want to go to war. They don't want to be back here. And I don't understand that. I've never been a soldier. I, how many of you soldiers? Raise your hand. Look at that. Amen. You understand it. Well, I don't understand that. But you know what a soldier? A soldier wants to go to war. Because he's built and made to go to war. And there's reasons why he go to war. He don't want to go to war to kill people. He wants to go to war to protect his nation, to protect his family, to protect that way of life. That's what he goes to war for. And he goes to war because he says, that's worth everything that's inside of me. That's what the Lord is saying to us. He's saying, I want you to have that war mentality. In First Peter, in First Timothy chapters 1, verses 18 and 19. I'm just going to do this very quickly and I'm not going to finish the rest of this message. He says, Paul says to Timothy, you may fight the good fight of faith. He says, keeping the faith and having a good conscience. I wonder how good our conscience is today. The word faith means to be totally committed and fully persuaded God will do what he promised. That's the fight of faith. He said, fight that fight. He said, that's a good fight. Be violent. Brother Riley, you get mad and you get your dandy up because I've seen you. But don't do it against me. You're way bigger than me. But that thing that's trying to hold you, get angry. You go to God. You start to fight that warfare. It's not time for you to leave this world. God will tell you when it's time. Get angry. Get angry. I mean, get you a good head of steam up against the devil and all his demonic dominions. And go to war. And when you find, you, you'll find yourself in war, not cursing, when you'll find yourself at war, you won't be screaming and yelling. You'll find yourself at war on your knees. And you'll be, the Bible says that we need to supplicate. Let's stand. Because if you don't stand, I'm going to preach again. Preach the rest of this message. Dick, you probably haven't been in the service this long forever. This is one of our short ones, by the way. Well, the other day was almost one, wasn't it? Let me tell you something, people. Hear me out. On your knees. Supplicate. Go to war on your knees.
and plead to the Lord this way. Not begging, but going to Him with confidence that He can. And bringing back to His remembrance His Word. You say God forgets? He doesn't say that He forgets. He said, just bring it to my remembrance. That's what He says. Does God, listen to me. Everybody look at me. You won the war already. It's between your ears that you haven't won. You already won. When Christ died at the cross, He won. Listen to me. There's an empty tomb there, my friend. He rose from the dead. That stone wasn't rolled away so he could get out. That stone was rolled away so Peter could get in there and see that he had risen from the dead. Listen to me. He is risen. He is God. Go to war and supplicate. Take your petition to the Lord. And do it with a violence that you've never done it before. I mean with the violence. Go to him. And have him remember. Because listen to this. He knows you from the end back to the beginning. Not from the beginning to the end. He knows how this thing's going to end up. And here's what he knows about Hosanna. We're a violent people. We're a violent people, Dick. We're a violent people. We're a people that love people. That violence the devil don't understand. Listen, I'm going to tell you one of the greatest things about this church is we've never turned away from anybody. And we'll never turn away from anybody. But what would you say if we just went to war on our knees? I mean, find a place. Find you a Find you a place in your house. Find you a closet somewhere. And go to war. Go to war. Go to war. Get violent. Jeff, get violent. Jeff, you're a violent man. That's what I like about you. He's a violent man. When you look at, when you look at Jeff Heath, you see a man... But you don't see what's inside of him. He's violent. He's just bombarding heaven. You say, oh, no, bombard hell. No, he's bombarding heaven. He's bombarding the throne room so God hears him. That's what you do, people. Get violent. Take it by force. My God. Let's sing that. What is that? And the old <laughs> Cross it made the difference <laughs> in a life bound for heartache and defeat, and I will praise him forever and ever. Let's raise our hands.